From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Ipswich City Council adopted its new budget this week at a special meeting held on June 22. Ratepayers are in for a 5.5% increase from July 1. Mayor Teresa Harding joins the show to discuss the budget meeting and the ordinary meeting held later that same day. More than one contentious issue had councillors split when it came to the vote. It's Saturday, June 24, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. Thank you, Anna. Thank you to listeners. You've had a very big week with two meetings held. But before we get to those, let's talk about the state refusal of the Wanless landfill development proposed for Ebenezer. That saga's dragged on for quite a while. Does it put an end to the matter? It does, Alan. Um, so it, it has been a, a big week for waste developments, but since the announcement uh, from the Deputy Premier, uh, he called in that particular application and he's concurred with Ipswich City Council's decision back in 2021, and that is the recycling part can go ahead, but he's also refused the landfill component. So it's, it's really great news for us in Ipswich, particularly people out around Ebenezer Way. Okay, let's move to the budget meeting. Council's last before the election coming up in March. You've announced increases of 5.5%. I notice there's no more reference to owner-occupiers when qualifying uh, that amount. Is, is this a more transparent way of announcing a rate rise? We want to be very transparent. Uh, so we do table what the rate rise is for each with its owner-occupier, investor, commercial, industrial. But you also need to give a total as well, which is 5.5%. And that's still basically 2% below inflation. Can we drill down to a couple of specifics then? Are there any substantial changes from previous years, one that's been semi-controversial in Hobart and Brisbane, and that's the targeting of uh, properties being used for Airbnbs? Was Mm. there any discussion uh, leading up to the budget on that one? Uh, Look... Very briefly, but I guess we're trying to promote the tourism industry, so it wasn't really considered as part of this year's deliberations. Um, it's not really impacting businesses here as well, so it's not considered in this in this budget. Are there any easing of costs for landowners in Carroll Park? That's been an ongoing, uh, going on for many years, not just this council. It is. Look, we've um, the, the the adopted budget continues the industrial land rate in Carroll Park on the same basis as all industrial land in the city, and we have found, Alan, that we've spoken to I'll, I'll say border border suburbs, anything that borders Brisbane uh, with, with our neighbours, and their land values are just a little bit higher because they are closer to Brisbane, and so we have applied that same rate across the all industrial land across the city. FOGO is going citywide, but I'm just wondering about the delay to 24-25 to roll it out universally. What, what was the reason for that? So we'll be the first council in Queensland that actually rolls this out citywide, and we're quite excited. Uh, this budget means that we'll be purchasing uh, 10 new FOGO dedicated trucks. They actually have to be lined with stainless steel. Um, so it's quite exciting. We'll be purchasing next financial year so that we can start rolling out in the 24-25 financial year. Mayor Harding, what is new in Ipswich City Council's budget this year? 
this is a record budget. It's a $692.6 million budget. Uh, I'm very proud of the fact that we're spending more money in the suburbs. It's our biggest um, program for suburban roads, footpaths, parks and sporting fields. Uh, in fact, our, pro our program there is $267 million across the city. So it's the biggest ever program we've had to roll out those essential services um, in our you know, in our suburbs. Uh, we're spending more than $70 million on delivering quality waste management and resource recovery services. So we're upgrading the Riverview and Rosewood uh, refuse and transfer stations. Um, our city is growing and our population is doubling the next 15 years. So we're actually going to be building two new um, refuse and, and resource recovery centres, uh, one in the sort of eastern and southern side and the one in the western area. So we'll be progressing those. And in particular, the one in the east, we're, we're wanting to have, um, I guess, best practice. So we want to have quite a, a large facility there, which means that we can have a proper transfer station, a tip shop, um, move the, the pound there as well in an area that doesn't flood. And um, the great thing about this is because we'll have a, a properly sized um, transfer station, we'll be able to offer tip, tip vouchers, which is something that our community really wants. But at the moment, we have too much congestion at our current uh, transfer stations to actually offer tip vouchers. I can certainly vouch for that congestion, uh, mm. having used Riverview many times. So that's that's <laughs> exciting. There's going to be a doubling in transfer stations. Have sites mm. been identified yet? Look, we've identified one for the um, east and southern side. We'll be coming to the community to discuss that with them. We haven't identified the site, which will probably be west of um, at Rosewood. We're going to be doing community consultation and asking uh, the community to put forward potential sites. And we'll, um, I guess we'll do a lot of community consultation on that. Okay, then can I presume that the old Rosewood transfer station will be closed down and replaced with a new one? Well, we'll have to do that. It'll, yeah. It's 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 their capacity, and and you're right with Riverview. I um, mean, on a Saturday, we get over 800 cars a day, and it's it's and anyone who goes out there, same with myself, um, it's just chock a block. Mm. And um, from a traffic management perspective, it's unsafe to have um, to increase the capacity there. We can't go a day without hearing about the cost of living crisis. What sort of support is council offering for those ratepayers who might be having a, a hard time paying on time? Um, look, if anyone's having a hard time, I do encourage you to call the council. Um, don't wait for your rates to, to be overdue. Please call us. We do have hardship provisions um, that we enacted throughout COVID and we can do it any time with, with residents. We now have the pensioner concessions, which we're continuing from last year as well. And can I just say, we're continuing. Uh, we have a lot of free and low-cost activities that we run across the city. So we encourage people to get on our Facebook page or um, our website to see many of those low-cost and free activities for families. Let's move on to the ordinary meeting of Council Mayor Harding, which was held later on the same day, on Thursday. Uh, support for the constitutional amendment, better known as The Voice, there was a, uh, a very respectful discussion. How would you sum up that discussion? I think so. I think it was a very respectful discussion. I think it's important for people to feel comfortable with their views. Um, the, the discussion wasn't so much about people's personal views. It was um, whether Council would make a, a stance and have a position and also for council would spend ratepayers' money in promoting that position. So um, the vote was 7-2, um, that council would uh, support the referendum and also would spend ratepayers' money on promoting uh, that support. Where will it go from the council meeting? Who will decide what the message is and how much money will be spent? Um, that hasn't been decided yet, but I'm sure that we'll have a, a workshop and have a discussion amongst councils to see what will be the best way to proceed. All right, we'll wait and see what happens there. <laughs> uh, a notice of motion... An external review of the venue costs, that's the old Mac and East building where the cinemas mm. are going. What's being proposed there and how did the final vote pan out? 
Yeah, look, that's, there's already an internal review into the venue contract, which started in August last year. Um, just looking at the fact that costs have increased. Um, we're not the only ones. I think nearly every project that's on, ongoing has had those cost increase. And those cost increase have, have happened because of mould and general other cost increases. So there's a, an internal review. There was a notice of motion from Councillor Johnick for an external audit and review for, for 24 months, um, which didn't get up. So I think we'll be waiting to see what the internal review is and take it from there. Naming of land at Goodna uh, after the legendary uh, Frank Beaumont there in, who was in Enid Street. There was a, another long discussion about what should happen with that fairly large parcel of land. Mm. It is a really large parcel land on that Enid and Mill Street um, and it, it's an area that floods all the time as well. So, um, yes, it was put forward by uh, Councillor Tully and Councillor Johnny to name it after Frank Beaumont and Frank is very well known for being the, the shirtless crusader in, in part of that um, after the 2011 floods. So there was a discussion amongst councillors about whether we proceed with that or do we take a more strategic approach and um, we've got to, we'll be acquiring about um, nearly 300 um, parcels of land as part of the voluntary buyback. So the decision was to proceed with naming that parcel of land the Frank Beaumont Reserve. Let's move on to a couple of items from committee reports. From the Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee report, the new public works policy, why the need for such a policy? Yeah, I think there's a, this came out of one of the previous audit um, reports, I think, before we came along into council. And um, I think it's just to make sure, I think often when the council was out doing some work, so if they're doing some road works or something, people would say, while you're here, can you just fix up this drainage or this driveway or, or this, that and the other? So it was just to put it in writing um, what council can and can't do. And council's very... Um, um, just really aware of the fact that we don't want to impinge on the local businesses, if there are local businesses who can do the work. Um, but also there may be some times when council does need, need to do the work um, from a safety perspective. So it just sort of, I guess, puts it in writing what council does and doesn't do. To put that in some sort of uh, practical terms that we can visualise, I'm thinking it might refer to uh, major roadworks where there's a huge discrepancy in the new road to the level of a, a resident's driveway. Would, would that be what it would cover? It would cover that, but also council had a lot of, um, used to get a lot of requests um, for people to say, hey, can you do this in my driveway, even though council may be doing work around the corner mm. and, and not near there. So I think it was just to just formalise that arrangement. From the Governance and Transparency Committee, you mentioned this briefly just uh, before, new trucks for Ipswich Waste Services, uh, another 10. Uh, they don't come cheap, as you said, $5.3 million has been allocated. This uh, sounds like that it's virtually a 100% replacement of the existing fleet and growing. Would that be right? Uh, look, that'll bring us to 55 trucks across the fleet. Um, we are growing at a very rapid rate. So, you know, we for a long time had very little investment in our waste and resource recovery areas. So that's why we are investing so heavily to make sure that everyone's bin is picked up, but also that we do it in an environmentally responsible way to reduce landfill and, you know, and have things like a tip shop and things like that. Also on the Governance and Transparency uh, report, there was the Indigenous Conservation Land Management item. What does it mean and, and where will work take place? Yes, yeah, so the um, we're in uh, uh, Proprietary Limited's unique cultural knowledge and local experiences enables council to engage with local stakeholders to provide that Indigenous conservation land management services. So it's um, I think a great um, partnership and a great way for us to culturally respect the projects and services that are that are being offered. 
the draft planning scheme submissions close on July 16. So if anyone's thinking about making a submission, now's the time to do it. It's kind of like a last call because if you want to make a serious submission, what's the feedback been like so far? I've attended a number of these. Um, it's been good feedback, um, great engagement and this council has made sure that we've done a lot of um, public consultation. We've made sure that our consultation period is longer than the Act requires. Um, a lot of discussion around the flood overlays and the uh, bushfire overlays. In particular, there was um, one of the things that does stand out to me from residents is um, there are residents now with the there's some of their land now has limited development because of flood, and they're asking if that if that could impact the the land value and therefore their rates. So I encourage every resident who has those issues and concerns to please uh, lodge a submission. And the easiest way is to go to shape your rip switch and look at the planning scheme, and that'll take you through step by step to do a properly made submission. Uh, there'll also be a handy link in the show notes uh, direct to the draft planning scheme. Let's talk about some fun things, the Spark Festival. Uh, A few changes and additions this year, and I think one of the biggest obvious changes is St Mary's won't be lit up, uh, but it's moving to St Paul's and uh, the council building opposite. Yeah, um, look, it is our ultimate arts and cultural festival, the Spark Festival, and it's coming back for a third year. And um, it's an 11-day citywide event celebrating, you know, everything that is Ipswich. And look, the the lighting show will actually move to uh, St Paul's. So I think it's, um, you know, just one of those things that will we'll change each year and see what the residents say. Uh, it's a great opportunity for local artists and out-of-town artists to, to showcase their, their, um, their art. Um, the craft brewery at 88 Limestone Street was also doing a, a spark brew as part of it as well. I was there for the, for the, um, the, the commencement of that brew and it'll be great to, to try that at the festival. One of my favourite events each year, Mayor Harding, is CMC Rocks, and it's been announced it's back for 2024. And I've got to say, very humbly, I was very proud to see it become an absolute sellout each year, having been involved in some of the initial introductions of people mm. for a, uh, a suitable venue to bring CMC Rocks to Queensland. But it will be another sellout, and it's fantastic that Council is supporting it so strongly. Yeah, and look, people like yourself really made sure. I mean, a lot of people wanted CNC Rocks to come to their town, and it's tremendous what the previous council and people like yourself did to bring it here. It's been a huge success, and we know with CMC Rocks, um, people just don't stay at Willow Bank. They actually come into Ipswich, and, and we see them in the the cafes and at Riverlink and the shops and things like that. So it's um been really great. So I think they had over 23,000 people last time. We're, I think we're trying to get 25,000 there uh, next time. Mayor Harding, we'll leave it there. Thanks for talking to Ipswich today. Thank you, Alan. Voting in the chamber for this year's council budget was not unanimous. Last year, Councillor Jacob Madsen did not support the budget vote. This year, Councillors Ireland, Jonic and Tully did not vote in support of the budget. Ipswich today approached Ipswich City Council for comment from Sheila Ryland, Nicole Jonick and Paul Tully. Councillor Jonick told the meeting she wasn't happy with asset management and voted against. In a written statement, Councillor Jonick said she had nothing further to add other than she fully supports the budget process and outcomes from careful deliberations over several months. Councillors Paul Tully and Sheila Ryland abstained from voting. Councillor Tully politely declined to comment. Councillor Ireland did not respond. And a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999.
This podcast is also listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswitchtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.